Welcome to the Ask Genesis podcast. This is a podcast to help the people of Genesis Community Church in Spring, Texas. To find out more info about Genesis Community Church, you can go to genesiscommunity.church. This last week, Patrick taught about prayer from our series on the book of Colossians. What I wanted to do was ask further questions and get into the text a little bit and ask and find out more about prayer. So I hope this is helpful to you and to us. Um, I know it was helpful for me. And let, let us know if this kind of content w- is, is helpful to you or not, and we want to be helpful to you. So let us know. And without further ado, let's get into the show. So the last thing to say is if the video doesn't turn out, this is my original idea was a totally audio podcast. So don't even stress about the fact that I did bring a camera. So. Right. Just cool. just by being who I am, I've already ruined that. So awesome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> great start, dude. You're such a pro. Oh, man. Look at this camera. <laughs> microphone, it's failing. Wow. <laughs> the, it was the first thing to happen on, on this attempted podcast. Oh man. Okay, let's see if it'll stay like that. Okay, good. This is good because this is this is what it's supposed to be about, you know. Uh just to give people a little bit of context about what we're doing here. Patrick and I are just sitting at the church and what we wanted to do is create some potential helpful stuff, some content around the sermon each week. And so what we want to do is dig into Colossians 4. This is literally, let me set my timer here. This is literally going to be 15 minutes of us just chatting. Mm-hmm. And let's see. And when that timer goes off, we'll be done. So I want to look, let's, let's just read and get the passage in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Colossians 4, it was 2 through 6. Okay, mm-hmm. so I want to read that first. It says, Continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may take it, uh, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So obviously this week you're whole sermon was based around prayer mm-hmm. and just helping us understand kind of, I mean, you said yourself, there's nothing new about prayer. Like it's always been taught in the church and mm-hmm. it's not like you stood up and said anything new, but what you did was remind us, uh, I think what prayer was. And I think that's helpful. Um, you, you, you brought in the Acts 4:23 passage where mm-hmm. they prayed, right? And then the ground started to shake, yeah, the building which is shook. Yeah. a terrifying experience, I'm sure. But right. you mentioned that like, being an example of God's power, mm-hmm. right? So like, um, but you said that's not, it's not, uh, what do they say? Like prescriptive or descriptive? It's, it's descriptive yeah. and not prescriptive, right? So right. it doesn't tell us that when we pray, that's what's going to happen. But yeah. just give an example of that. Yeah. Can I ask you first, like from the, when you're studying the Bible, like how do you know, as it is using that as an example, like how do you know something is descriptive as in something that we should experience as, a, as a, and then the opposite of that is just descriptive. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. This one time power of God hits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how do you right. think about that? Uh, basically, I mean, it's not a complicated process to figure that out. Whenever God says, 
this is how it is, then we know that's how it is. When God says, uh, when I do this, this will happen, or when you do this, this will happen, then we know that's prescriptive. That's like God has set a pattern in place. That's his will. That's how it's going to go. You can trust that bank on it. And wherever you have um, God moving in a certain way, certain things happen, but it's not that that is the pattern in Scripture and that is something that God has ordained. Mm-hmm. Uh, either the way he's going to respond, people respond, creation responds, whatever, because, that, I mean, in Acts 4, they pray and the place shakes. That's creation responding right. to God's power. Um, and that God's responding to their prayer. Creation is responding with this trembling um, that that's not something that God has said, okay, whenever you pray and I'm listening, then you'll know I'm listening because I'm going to shake the place where you're meeting. Mm-hmm. God never said that. He did that, but he doesn't always do that. Yeah. And we and we know that whenever people who are in Christ pray, God hears. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a prescriptive thing that God says when you pray and and you're in Christ, you're covered in his righteousness, I will listen. Yeah, yeah. Do you so, think that that kind of points to like that the idea that prayer is just this um, very unique personal thing um, as well? I mean, obviously, this is a, that's an incorporate. They're praying with other people, mm-hmm. but you know, prayer is also solitary. This kind of mm-hmm. experiential. Mm-hmm. You're talking to the Lord. You know, you believe you're maybe you're reading your Bible, whatever. Do you think that that kind of like points to that, like whatever God is? doing interact however god is interacting with you in that moment then that is basically what i'm saying is like how do we get to the idea like you said prayer is experiencing the power of the lord right how do we get from that acts to to our personal like our personal life of feeling god's answering the power of the prayer through our prayers you know uh i mean for i feel like we have to the reason why i started with that acts four passage Mm -hmm. and and talked about God demonstrating his power when they prayed um, was, first of all, it wasn't a coincidence that they prayed and then the place shook. Mm, The scripture connects those two ideas. They prayed and then the place shook. And, and I mean, you have to just connect some dots there and understand God was demonstrating to them. He's listening Mm -hmm. and that that's a demonstration of power. God is shaking this place. That does, that's, there's no coincidence. It's not just going to, happen naturally that the place where you're having a prayer meeting is just starts shaking like that. There nobody else. There wasn't another place in town that started shaking at the same time. Like, Oh, everything was shaking. It was that God was telling them I'm here Mm -hmm. and, and that there's power in connection to you praying to a powerful God. There will be a demonstration of power. And I think it was to embolden them. Yeah. So, so that that's why I started in that space of mm-hmm. Acts 4 is to just really bring us to this understanding that God wants us to know he is powerful and that there's a connection, as mysterious as it is, there's a connection between the power of God and God's people praying. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there. And that it do, again, it doesn't have to be corporate because Jesus even says in other places, whenever you pray, don't stand on the street corners and shout out. So everyone hears you go into your closet and pray. And that, I mean, certainly we don't think that Jesus is saying, if you pray in a public place, uh, then there's power because I'll shake that place and all these things will happen. But Mm -hmm. 
But if you pray in your closet, like I told you to, there's no prayer. There's no power in that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would never say yeah. that. So it's a, it's like a category in our brains, just knowing like if we are faithful to come before the Lord in prayer, he's hearing us. Right. And then the power of him answering that prayer, we just need to have confidence that that will come sequentially, yeah, the, possibly after we, right, we the, discipline the prayer. The power resides in God. Right. And he'll respond sometimes in dramatic ways, sometimes by saying yes, sometimes by saying no sometimes by orchestrating circumstances and things like that. And sometimes it'd just be, I mean, there is power in God, but you may not even, right. you may not even realize that you experienced it mm -hmm. because maybe you prayed in your closet and nothing observable changed, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean there wasn't any power in it because God says, you know, like, uh, he says in James, you know, the, the prayers of a righteous person are effective as they're working. Mm -hmm. And like Paul says, like I mentioned in the sermons, you know, we, we need you to contribute to this mission through your prayers. Or I know that because of your prayers, this is going to turn out uh, for my deliverance. There's actual power in it. Yeah. Whether we realize what's happening or not, mm -hmm. there is power. So it kind of seems like um, you talked about how to, like there's a connection between the prayer and the passage and then like in five and six, walking in wisdom and letting mm -hmm. your speech. So it's almost like, after you pray, you're going to walk, you're going to talk. So um, that should be connected and influenced by your prayer. But then also it says in two, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So I guess the connection there is like you're pulling from the past while you're praying, being thankful for what God has done and what he's done. And like whatever you're praying about, maybe you think about what God has done. Mm -hmm. And then you have that expectation of moving forward that God will yeah. affect things. And Right. The, right? I I, again, I don't think it's a coincidence the way Paul worded it, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So there is, there's a thankfulness about what God has already done, and that helps inform you about what he's capable of doing, what he's willing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're, if you're primarily getting informed by the scriptures and what God has clearly revealed and taught to us, then you're watchful in it with thanksgiving just because you know who God is. Yeah. You're watching for how he's going to work, and you're thankful for however he's going to work. Right. No, I mean, if he says yes or no to your prayer, mm -hmm. which, you know, according to Jesus, if you're praying according to God's will, you can ask as if you've already received it. Yeah. It's like it's already done. He already Because he has said yes to certain things. Mm -hmm. God, please sanctify me. He says yes 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. So you can be watchful in it with thanksgiving, watching for how he's going to sanctify you, being ready for his answers, for opportunities and things like that. And you're thankful at the same time because you realize he's saying yes, no matter right. what. In fact, even if I'm not praying for that, he's saying yes to that. That's his desire. Mm -hmm. The watchfulness with Thanksgiving, I think is, it's an attitude of the heart that you start from a place knowing that God's good, knowing that he says yes to things that please him. And so you're thankful. Yeah. However, these things play out. Yeah, you're yeah, thankful yeah. just knowing that God is who he is. Yeah. Well, and I like that you brought up in the sermon the passage about uh, the widow, the nagging widow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think I, that means a lot to me because there are certain things that I've I've been praying for for years that mm -hmm. still hasn't happened yet. Right. So, like, and I imagine, like, most of our people have those kind of things, too, right. you know. So, yeah, um, yeah there's just it, it seems like there's such intentionality when it comes to prayer, you know, and, and, and coming back. So let me ask you this, like, how do you how do you prevent yourself from like becoming weird, like weary? Like when you ask like over and over for something, yeah. 
you have these categories like, okay, God's maybe saying, you know, wait, or maybe he's saying no, or maybe he's saying not right now. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you personally like keep on praying for those things and not just be like, oh, I'm so just frustrated. I'm just so, you know, you how you get like sometimes yeah, like, I just, get that way. Just make up your mind that he said no. Yeah, just like I'm moving on. Like, right. Uh, is it just like what you feel like the desires in your heart? Like if the desire is still there, maybe God is still calling you to that or... I think there can be that. I mean, there, you know, we we have desires that we can definitely connect to godliness. Mm-hmm. If it's a godly desire, then there's no reason you shouldn't ask for it and continue to ask for it. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you feel like I'm I'm asking this because the Bible says um, I'm asking this of God because I want to see Him glorified in some particular way. It's not a bad thing to ask for and to persist in yeah. asking for. And if it hasn't happened yet, you know, I, what you're getting at is how do you not become discouraged and just say, yes, well, God right. said no. Right. Uh, that would have been a better way to ask the question. <laughs> let me, you ask the question and then I'll help you ask it better. <laughs> I'm going to ask and you rephrase. Right. And then answer your own question. No, right. Let me tell you what I wish you would have asked. No, it's... Um, that's tough because I don't think that there are, I mean, there are definitely some things that we can make up our minds as we learn and grow. Maybe God didn't really want me to ask for that. As you're being sanctified, as you're growing in wisdom and understanding of what. Because it's easy, like when it comes to like, oh, that car, that money, that whatever, that kind of like, yeah. but it's harder when it's like adoption or it's harder when it's right. like your child knowing the Lord. Yeah, or, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. As, as you grow uh, in understanding of how the Lord works and what it is he wants, what are the things that God is interested in? Mm-hmm. Um, then it start you, it starts to become easier to understand. Like you're saying, there's some things that God just may not be interested in. Yeah. And it's easy for me to see how, like if I've been asking that God would give me some promotion or make me rich or something like that, he may or may not want to do that. Yeah. But when you read the Bible, you don't get the idea that God is primarily interested in that. Right. It's yeah, like, yeah. maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But I mean, some parts of the Bible you're reading and you you would get the impression God does not want you to be rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if God loved you, he wouldn't curse you by making you rich. Right, yeah, You could yeah, get that yeah, impression yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, right. so as you grow, there's some things that you probably are going to stop asking for, not mm-hmm. because you get discouraged, but because you get encouraged about what it is that are godly desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there are other things like adoption. Mm-hmm. Like if you, I'm, like I know for you and Ange, it's like, Man, we've been asking God to help us adopt Selena for years. Right. And it hasn't happened yet. In fact, you know, you got years into praying for it and then felt like there were steps backward mm-hmm. in the process and made you reassess like what, you know, asking those tough questions. Is God saying no? Is he just making us wait? Is he yeah. and and it could become discouraging and think God's saying no and to stop praying for it. Yeah. Um but again, that's a godly desire. There's nothing wrong with asking for it. In fact, there's a lot of scripture that would tell, that would encourage you to pray for something like that as a picture of the gospel and as a way to make a disciple and uh, to encourage the church and all these kinds of things. So it's in that case, it really comes down, like, how do you not get discouraged and just quit? Really, and you know, I, for some, this may be a really satisfying, encouraging answer, but for some, it may be like, oh, pie in the sky kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, it comes down to how deeply do we believe and trust in the sovereignty of God? 
yes. in connection with his goodness. Right. So it's like, it's almost like these categories of like, like if you just took this one text or whatever, and then you didn't have these extra categories, like saying that, like, uh, like Psalm eighty four eleven that says no good thing does he withhold from mm-hmm. those that trust in him, right? So it's like, if you don't have that category, then when you pray for something and you don't get it, then it's like... It feels withheld. Yeah, you're like, you're withholding this from me for right. something. But if you know God is not withholding that, yeah. then you're like, I got a category for that. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's like helpful to like go to the word and have all of these categories connected because then it, it strengthens your... And you're saying sovereignty, you know, right. you can connect sovereignty, the category of sovereignty to the category of prayer. Mm-hmm. And then that's like a full deep picture of right. God's plan you know right yeah it just it widens your understanding of how god could be demonstrating his goodness and his sovereignty towards you mm-hmm. in ways that you may not expect or understand right, right. because like you said if you know that god does not withhold any good thing uh and if you know you know romans 8 that god works all things out for the good of those who love him called according to his purpose mm-hmm. And you connect those ideas with the possibility of God saying no to you. That is, uh, that that's a difficult space to exist in naturally. Yeah, right. But the whole point of the Christian life is where it's not natural. It's it is completely other than natural. Right. It's living on a plane of spirituality and supernatural wisdom and understanding and power that you can at the same time be disappointed mm. and be trusting in a God that says, uh, I'm not always going to give you what you want. I'm not always going to work within your construct of good, right. of what even it's glorifies me. Yeah. yeah, like there, there's there's such an intricate web of things that, mm. that God is spinning that is going to ultimately result in the outworking of what he said he was going to do. And some of the things we ask for are going to agree with that. Some of them are going to disagree with that. And it's not that if you ask for something bad, he says, no, if you ask for something good, he says, yes, there'll be plenty of good things we ask for. And God says, that's not bad, but no, Yeah, yeah, because it's just not, yeah. It's just not now. Like it's just not dollars, right. You know, like, right. Yeah. Like you just want a million bucks. I mean, you keep talking about this. <laughs> I'm freaking up every no, day. Every Lord, day. I mean, you years, keep emailing like, me about this million dollars. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. The way that I, something else that kind of relates to this is the idea of getting away from like feeling like I should pray. Like mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I feel like if I pray, I know I'm praying because God's the only one that can answer my prayer. Yeah. You know, like I feel like. If Angela's having a bad day and I come to her like, oh, I'm the I'm the husband, you know, I'm the yeah. leader of the family, I should pray for this. Mm-hmm. That's gonna come off different than me just being like, I, I'm sorry, you're having a bad day. You know, God, I know God is the only one that can help. That's yeah. why I'm praying. You know, it's right. almost like that, I, like getting away from the should of mm-hmm. disciplined spirituality and getting mm-hmm. to like the authentic, you know, authentic right. kind of desire. Like, how do you balance like the should of prayer, like versus right. like authenticity of prayer yeah well it's i feel like that's about having the gospel at the center of your whole understanding of prayer which it goes to you know what we were just saying the should of i should pray because i am broken right i should pray because god is sovereign Mm -hmm. god is able to answer me god is able to heal me i'm unable so that if the gospel is at the center you're aware of those gospel truths as you, you know, as you're motivated to pray and as you do pray and as you're watchful in it with thanksgiving, 
then there's not this expectation that you're nailing it. Right. You're you're not doing this because you're just hitting a grand slam every day Mm -hmm. and everybody, you know, wow, what an impressive person. Yeah. You're praying because you know you're not impressive. Right, right, right. And the gospel teaches you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of goes to my next point when you said, um, you said something like, you made a comment about, I have it written here, like, I must not know Jesus like I'm, I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think, I think probably a lot of people feel like that. Like, I'm not praying because I don't know Jesus. Like, what is your encouragement to people that, like, feel that way? Like, mm-hmm. I know I need to pray because that will help me know Jesus. I have all these baggage and everything that keeps me from coming to Jesus. Like you're saying, the sin keeps me from Jesus, mm-hmm. keeps me from prayer. But, like, how, how does that, how do we get to that point where, like, if you recognize you don't know Jesus as you're, as you're supposed to, mm-hmm. how do you move forward in that? Like, and take a step, you yeah. know? How do you right. take a, how, what if, how do, what's the next step for people that feel like that? Uh, I mean, I, when it comes to knowing Jesus, I, for myself and what I, what I teach others is three, just to be very practical about it, three areas that we really need to realize uh, we have to press into in order to have a real, a, a real, biblical experience of relationship with God. And the way I I tend to present it is that when Jesus left, when he ascended, there were three things that he left us with. So he's gone now. He's not in the world anymore, but there are three things he left with us. And those three things are the Holy Spirit, the Bible, and each other. So Mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit, I mean, that's where that, that's where prayer comes in because the Holy Spirit meets us in those prayers. He teaches us how to pray. He inspires our prayers, even praise, like these, like the scriptures talk about, these inward kind of groans and desires that we have that are from the Holy Spirit. We don't even know how to express. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's part of walking with the Holy Spirit uh, is is doing something that is purely spiritual prayer. There's just no. It, it gets back to that second barrier we have to prayer, believing that my my activity, my physical doing something is going to be more effective than me asking God to do it. Yeah. Because we we're unspiritual at times where prayer is completely spiritual. Right. So, so that to me, that's a big part of what it means to fellowship with the spirit and actually walk with them. And then the Bible, Jesus left us with the Bible. We have the scriptures. They're absolutely the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's like not under deliberation for us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we know that God has said these things so we can count on them. They're not changing. Uh and we live by them and his words are life. They're, they're life, they're power. Um uh, and we get to know Jesus through these words because all these words are pointing us to him. Right. And then we have each other. The third thing Jesus left, it's it's each other. We need each other. We need to learn from each other. We need to strengthen each other, pray for each other, correct each other, rebuke, train, disciple each other. Yeah. So if we're if we're pressing in to walk by the spirit and and prayer is a big part of that because it's it's purely spiritual. Right. And, and we're learning from God through his scriptures, the, the truths about who Jesus is. We're getting to know him better through that, his character, his, his love, his power. And then we're just learning from each other and actually living life together so that we can rub off on one another. Yeah. Uh, those three things, if we actually live life with those three things in mind and pursuing all those, those things, I think we'll get to know Jesus better. And in getting to know Jesus better, we'll understand more like, 
this prayer. is why I got to pray. Yes. Right. This is why I need to. And, right. and God meets me in that. Yeah. And if, I mean, I, I'm knowing God more and more for who he actually is. And that just draws me to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost like it's it, it's not one or the other. It's like both and. So like yeah. you pray because you know that in prayer and talking and spending time with the Lord, you get to know him better. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to know him better, you want to pray more. Right. Yeah. You know, and then you've got all these hindrances that come in the way that block that. Like, oh, I've sinned. And so I don't want to go to prayer. But then you you accept God's grace and you get back in and you just right. like this continual. Right. And, and again, though, you know, that that kind of natural condemning of ourselves and and shying away, running away from God for fear of his wrath or his rejection is something that the Holy Spirit is going to teach you to to dismiss. Mm-hmm. He's going to teach you otherwise. He's going to teach you that you're accepted in Christ and you're forgiven and, and embraced as a son or a daughter. And the Bible is going to is going to teach you otherwise. The Bible right. is going to preach your your salvation and your sanctification and God's love for you. It's mm-hmm. going to preach those things to you consistently, without question, without debate, mm-hmm. and each other that that we have each other and we can remind each other. Hey, dude, listen. I mean, if I'm if I'm willing to go to a brother and go, man, I'm really struggling to pray lately because I just feel so condemned. I just mm-hmm. feel like I fail so much and I feel like God is so mad at me. Yeah. Or God just sees me as a joke. Like I'm just like I'm, it's just pointless. Like almost like he regrets that he even saved me. And now I'm going to come to him and ask him for stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you tell a brother that, yes. and that brother can tell you like, dude, that's just not, that's not what the spirit is saying. That's not what the Bible is saying. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's for sure. Those things feed. Yeah. So let's, uh, I think maybe this is a good, uh, good point to end on, but like, so the practicality of like community mm-hmm. is real important too, when it comes to prayer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this next week is our monthly elder-led prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, what you you said in your sermon, like it matters whether we pray. Mm-hmm. So there's this connection between waiting on the Lord, mm-hmm. but that prayer is not a means in itself, right? Like me, like it is something that leads to action, it leads to the Lord answering prayers and stuff. So it matters whether people come to elder-led prayer, right? right yeah. I mean, it matters in general whether people pray, yeah. but like, why does it matter whether people are they come next Sunday and hang out with us and pray a little bit. Well, well, again, I mean, go back to Acts 4. And in the very beginning of the New Testament church developing, what do we see them always doing together? Yeah, it's like a constant. Yeah, they're always getting together and praying. Right. When, you know, Peter is thrown into prison and they're afraid that he's going to get his head chopped off. And this angel, you know, breaks the doors open, Mm -hmm. sends him out. He's free. He goes to Mark's house, and what does he find everybody doing? They're all there praying. Right. Uh, it's just over and over and over again you see that happening. So it is a pattern in Scripture that God's people pray together, yeah. and there's power demonstrated through that. I mean, why why was the church spreading like wildfire? Well, you can say that it's because that's what God wanted to do, but what were the means through which God ordained that power to come into the world. Yeah. People praying together. Right. I again it's you know it's all a mystery of course, but mm-hmm. I don't think we're working on any different dynamics today than they were working on 2000 years ago, which right. God is going, "Hey, pray, get together and pray and ask me and then I'll respond and it'll be super powerful, blow your minds. I'll do things you never thought could happen. I'll right. save people, I'll redeem, sanctify, encourage, yeah. all these kinds of things and that's what we all want. Yeah, that's, well, that's it's funny because people want, I think about this, like, 
I think we all want results. Like, we all want to be a part of that story. Ah, but you know what we don't want to be a part of? Yeah. Praying. The work. Yeah. The, what's the work? Yeah, Prayer. The purely like, spiritual work where you're not actually <laughs> physically, personally doing something. Right. You're just going to God and asking Him to do it. Yeah. And then you got to wait right. and yeah, be watchful. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's, that's really hard. I mean, if we want people to do people, if we want God to do an amazing work at our church, it's going to start because we're going to be praying every month. We're going to be praying weekly. We're going to be praying regularly. I think so. Yeah. It's just going to be a life of prayer. And then yeah. that leads to God doing amazing things. Right. Like we're going to have to do the work of prayer. Right. But then how amazing is that, that he gets the credit because we asked him for that. Not yeah. that we built this thing because it was something out of our own strength. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that it's, I think it's the, it's probably the one thing that a church can do where God is completely glorified, categorically glorified. And there's no way that that church can take credit because to say, wow, what an amazing church. Look at all the fruit that you're bearing. How did it happen? Yeah. Uh, well, we just, we just sat together and asked God to do it. Right. That's like cool. you That's didn't put together some sweet programs. You can't you write a book about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no like unique strategy to that or, yeah. or whatever. Like we're just really good with our systems or whatever. Like your system is you all get together and say, we can't do this. God, yeah. please do it. And just to put a final note on this, like you said, there's like thousands of people that you don't know the names of that yeah. prayed. Right. So right, like yeah. there's a bunch of people that no one will ever know. Like right. why it, it's so difficult to be that kind of person. Right. Like, I think we want to be known. Like yeah. we want to be, right. we want to be the figurehead or the face on the poster. Yeah. yeah. But that's opposite of what yeah. prayer is. Jesus like, is the, the one who gets all the credit and the glory and, and we're just asking him to do what he can do. Yeah. I think that's good, man. All right, Ask Genesis. If this is helpful, we'll find out. Hope so. If it's not, then we'll just shut it down. Then we'll just turn the microphones off and do it in this room anyway, but nobody will know about it. Dude, thanks for your time, man. Yeah, praise God. Kind of. All right.